Welcome to Aging in Place Strategies and Answers with Linda Prio. Will it be possible to remain in my home as I age? Do I feel safe in my home? How do I figure out how much support I will need when my health needs start to change? What if I decide to move into a community instead? Which community will meet my needs now and in the future? Who will play a role in helping me with decision-making? Do you ask yourself these same questions? Aging in Place Strategies and Answers can help you gain practical knowledge that will help you create your own Aging in Place Roadmap. If you are already a care partner, a power of attorney, or in crisis mode with your Aging in Place strategy, you will learn what you need to know that you don't know. For over 20 years, I have been marketing Aging in Place services to clients and educating families and healthcare professionals in how to put aging in place strategies into place. When you utilize aging in place, you are allowed to choose where you want to live and make those decisions so that you can retain your quality of life. To Aging in Place Strategies and Answers with Linda Prio. I am excited today because I have Tanya McDonald with me, and I am so thrilled to have her on this podcast because you and I are going to learn so much about affordable senior living. Tanya, say hello to my friends, and if you don't mind, if you would give a brief bio and a little bit about your professional background so our listeners know that you know your stuff. Yeah, um, thank you, Linda, for having me here today, and my name's Tanya McDonald. Um, I started out as a property manager for family properties and then moved into a tax credit community, which is low income, and we'll talk more about that. Um, that's where I met Linda at a community that we both uh, were working at and then I moved into HUD uh, housing for seniors and um, went to the community college um, here in St. Charles. I moved to Jackson, Tennessee for a little bit so I attended that community college as well and uh, so then when I was trying to figure out how to build this website when I was a HUD manager, I found that a lot of people didn't know where to look for apartments. And so I had all these lists that I compiled and I would mail an email to people. And um, when I went to the national convention, the president of the company said, I want to help all seniors. And so I knew that my website, guideforseniorliving.com, could help all seniors. I just didn't know how to build it. So I went back to the community college and Julia became my mentor after I um, uh, finished her class and so she's been a great uh, person in my life to help me and guide me. Um, so that's a little nutshell about my background. And you're going to hear more about Tanya's wonderful website as we uh, get to the end of this podcast. So I want you to know you're going to get that resource. 
And so uh, Tanya and I did meet several years ago. Tanya was the property manager of this beautiful, affordable senior living residence. And then I was a vendor in that building where we could help seniors with specific care issues that they might have. And then we lost track of each other. Uh, the company I worked for was sold and divided up. And then I started working for another company. And then in our area, there are a lot of networking meetings that uh, vendors can go to. And I was so excited to reconnect with Tanya. And then she was able to tell me more about her website uh, that would help all seniors find the information that they needed about housing and other resources that they might need and so I had told her that I was thinking about the best way to get this information in people's hands and kind of discussed my idea of a podcast with her and then all of a sudden I just launched and I called her and I said I did it I did it and so here we are just two girls with our own companies um, but we really know that we're doing the best work that will help you to have what you need when you're trying to make these decisions. So we're going to get started. Uh, Tanya and I chatted on the phone the other day, and we discussed three specific things that we felt that you would need to know about affordable housing. And because she's the expert, I am not the expert on that particular field. So she's going to educate me. She's going to educate you. There are three things we're going to be talking about. Uh, the first is what type of affordable housing is available to you if you have limited resources. And then the best way to decide what type of community might be the best choice for you. And then a little bit more about that application process because to me that's always right, the scary part of that. And then how to find senior housing. And so we're excited to get started uh, today. So let's go back to that first question and talk about the types of affordable housing that are available. I did a little synopsis on my podcast last week, and I even said to the audience, I said, that probably made little sense to you. So I said, here's Tanya. She's going to explain it. So thanks for helping us today. Yeah, you're welcome. Glad to be here and helping uh, everyone understand the affordable housing for seniors. So there's a couple of different types of affordable housing. Um, there are family properties that are for all ages, and then there are senior communities that are for independent living for seniors that are 55 and older and 62 and older. Some communities accept only 62 and older, some accept 55 and older. So you would just wanna check on that. Affordable senior housing includes HUD and tax credit communities, and they have income guidelines. So some communities have layers of funding, such as home and et cetera, but to keep this simple, we're just gonna focus on the main two, the HUD and the tax credit communities. The tax credit communities are also called LIHTC, that's Low Income Housing Tax Credit. So to keep things simple, we're gonna focus on those main uh, two types. So they both have income restrictions and they have different income qualifications. So you would just wanna ask that community directly what their income um, limit is. It's gonna be based on the county that they live in and the median area household income of that county. So um, when you're looking for a community, you're just gonna call them directly and ask them what that income limit is to make sure you fall under it. Now, if you're close to the income limit 
and you're not sure about your assets. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more in the application process. So um, I think that wraps up the two different types of communities. And then in the application process um, area, we'll, we'll get into the details about that. Perfect. That really helped. And that's kind of what I told them. But again, you're going to learn more. So don't feel like you're confused yet. <laughs> Hang in there. Uh, well, Tanya, how would we decide which community is the best choice for us? Yeah, um, that can be a really hard decision when you're looking at so many different places. But usually a senior's income affects the type of housing they're going to choose. Affordable senior housing includes those HUD and tax credit communities, and they have the income guidelines. HUD rent is according to the income, and that's 30% of the adjusted gross income. Tax credit rent is lower than the average market rent, and income from assets are counted on both types of affordable housing. So you have your income and your income from your assets. And if you don't have income from your assets, they count 0.05% of the asset. So if you own a home and it's $100,000, then only $50 is added to your household income. <clears throat> so I like using that um, formula because it just makes it simple so people understand not to worry about their assets as long as they're not close to that income limit. On the HUD communities, medical expenses are counted as a deduction from the annual household income. So you can count um, medical, dental, vision, and hearing expenses to help lower that rent. And in some cases, you can even um, use uh, over-the-counter medications as long as your doctor um, signs that you need those. So that can really help lower the income. And that's a process that they would do every year when the resident lives there um, to reevaluate where they're currently at. And that's what a manager at the community does? Is that what you had to do uh, with the people that were residents in your building? Yes. Um, so we verify all the income, assets, and medical expenses every year and um, recalculate that based on the COLA increase, cost of living increase, and all those different things. Great. So there's help within the community that will help you know what assets they're talking about. They're going to have a very standardized application. And then the manager at the community, that's really part of their responsibility to kind of help people through that process. Right. Yes. So, Tanya, the <clears throat> building that I met you at was fairly new. It was beautiful. It was right off the highway, very conveniently located. But you also worked in other buildings. And I was just curious what what is actually offered at the building um the people that i saw there they were all independent they were able to live in an independent living community but other mm -hmm. people may not know what that means so what does the community actually provide the seniors that live there or what kind of amenities might be there yeah so most communities have a library a community room where residents can gather and play bingo and have potluck dinners um, some have a fitness center with um, fitness equipment in there. Uh, some of them have outdoor patios. Some even have balconies for each apartment. A lot of them have beauty shops where a beautician will come in once a week or twice a week and care for those residents on an appointment basis. And then different communities have extra amenities like a barbecue area or some have partnered with home health care companies that can come in. It's a trusted company and uh, they do blood pressure screenings um, and then they can get to know the people um, build trust and if you have surgery you already know the people there you can have them come in as a temporary or permanent solution to help you stay independent 
So um, just because it's independent living doesn't mean that you have to do everything alone, and that's important to realize that there's people out there to help, um, like Linda, to help you <laughs> age in place. Yeah. Now, um, I we run an adult day program, and you have to be a one-person transfer. Uh, basically, you could have a walker, you could have a wheelchair, you could have a cane, but you need to be a one-person transfer. So I was thinking about that when we started talking about um, independent living and what these communities look like. Um, are the rooms handicapped accessible? Are all rooms or some? Or if you had special needs, would you just discuss that with the property manager? How does that work usually? Well, uh, there are some apartments that are set aside and they're called accessible units. And so those have been set up with lower countertops, lower closet shelves, wider doors, um, cutouts underneath the sink. And so those are specifically set aside for those people with um, disabilities where they need that accessible unit. So if you do need that, make sure you mention that to the property manager and they can talk through your needs of um, if the current apartments have been modernized, they may have some of those features that you want, but you may find that you need the accessible unit. So um, that's a good place to start having the conversation with your doctor so that your doctor can you know, advise you on what you need. And then if you do need that accessible unit, you would have a doctor's note that says that you need that. Um, but some apartments have already put in grab bars and some features to make it easier to, um, to stay independent in. Wonderful. And again, that manager's on, uh, in place and on duty to help you with all those questions. So um, the application process, I mean, I get nervous just thinking about what that might look like, but can you walk us through that application process too and what might be uh, the, you know, happen during that yeah. time? And it can be kind of scary thinking about all that paperwork, but um, just take it one page at a time. So uh, for a tax credit community, you can get on the wait list by simply calling them or stopping by and saying that you want to get on the wait list, um, which makes it really easy. And then a HUD community, you usually need to fill out an application to get on that wait list. So the manager can email, mail you the application, you can stop by and pick one up, whichever is convenient for you. And then you'll fill out that application and turn it in. Usually at that time, they do not uh, verify the application such as um, do an employment verification and stuff. They would just hold that application with the wait list. And then when you get when they get to your name on the wait list, they would call you, ask you if you'd like to come in, take a look at it. You do have the opportunity to say, no, I'm not ready at this time. Maybe you just had surgery. Um, that's okay. You can say, no, I'm not ready at this time and please call me for the next one. And if it's time for you, then you can go in, they'll start the application process. And so they'll start um, running your criminal background check. Um, most apartment communities will check your credit check, but for HUD communities, uh, a lot of them, it's okay if you have a bankruptcy. Um, sometimes they have flexible guidelines. So just make sure that you ask the property manager about that because um, sometimes people think they're disqualified and they're actually not. So. Um, you just would want to ask them about their qualifications for that specific property. And then again, ask them the income guidelines because that's going to be different for each community as well. And sometimes they'll tell you they have a wait list from six months to two years, um, but don't let that discourage you because sometimes they call one person for an apartment, sometimes they call 20 people. 
It just depends on if people are ready and the circumstances behind that. Uh, it's hard to predict what the occupancy is going to be. I would go four months without someone moving out, and then one month I would have three people move out. So it just uh, fluctuates and the ebb and flow of that. You can get on multiple wait lists to see which community calls you at the right time. And so a lot of people will get on four or five wait lists to see you know, which one comes up. That gives you more choice and flexibility too. Uh, so the application will be different for each community. And again, the manager can help you with that. If you need help, just ask them for that and they'll be happy to help you. Yeah, so uh, two things, you've got help. And then secondly, what you said about the wait list is that now's the time i mean if you really think that this is in your future it doesn't hurt to get your name on the list and then if they call you you can say no but uh sooner is better than later especially when you can see that it is time remember i was talking about the rainy day when you recognize that it could be a rainy day or going to be a rainy day this is the reason why you are have these options so that you know that it, when it's time, it's okay to take that next step. Yeah. Well, Tanya gave us a little taste of how she really figured out that she wanted to make resources available to any senior. And so I'm going to let her talk about where you can search for low-income housing as well as other senior resources. So we want to hear all about guide and it's the number four, so guide4seniorliving.com. Yes. Um, so when I was the HUD property manager, I compiled all these wait lists and thought there's got to be a better way. So I put all of the low-income housing and HUD housing on my national website. So you can search in the easy-to-use search bar. If you're not sure what you want, you can just search for independent living and see what comes up. You can put in your location. So if you live in Texas and you're trying to help your sister in Illinois, you can help her and search on there. Um, you can save the listings that you find. Maybe you're a planner like me and you want to start researching a year or two ahead of things. You can save those properties until you're ready to go to them. And then there's Google Maps built into it. So you can just easily click the button, get directions, and it'll pop you into there. Um, also, same with calling the community. All of the places on my website have the phone number and the address that you can find. So that's one of the few places that you can actually get all that information and contact them directly. Um, so that way you can get um, some one-on-one -on -one information about that community. Because like I said, they all offer something different. And so again, you can go to guideforseniorliving.com and um, you can find the phone number, address, directions to the communities. And if you know which type of community, low income or HUD, you can also put that into the search bar. Uh, so you've got a few different ways. If it's time for you to move into skilled nursing, you can find those on my community uh, online resource guide as well. Um, same with home care. If you're looking to stay in independent living, but you wanna have a little bit of help, you can have some home care. And I'm sure Linda talks about that uh, in detail, but there's lots of different options for you. And you can even find the senior centers if you're looking for places to go. Um, interact with some other seniors and the senior centers themselves are full of other resources that um, are in the community so they're a great help as well yeah I think she even has uh, veterans benefits and stuff about the VA on that website and here's the other thing that uh, when you work in the industry that we work in and 
Um, sometimes when you click on buttons and uh, it's a large entity, they capture all your information and you feel like you're inundated with someone contacting you all the time. Tanya's website is not like that at all. This is about you doing your research and you contacting the communities or the resources that you're interested in and then having that information come to you directly rather than through a third party. And as seniors and seniors in the know, we want to protect people from that kind of um, inundation from third parties. a lot of them are well-intended, but it just gets mind-boggling when you get too many phone calls and you get too much information. So that's another reason I love Tanya's website. And if you happen to be listening today and you would like to get your resources on her website uh, because you are in a senior uh, business model that could be very helpful, do they just contact you, See, uh, Tanya? Yeah. Um, you can reach out to me through the website. There's an easy page where you can learn more about adding your business. Or you can email me at Tanya, T-O-N-I-A, at guideforseniorliving.com. And if you're a senior that has questions, you can feel free to email me as well. Um, sometimes I get phone calls where people just don't know where to start. And so I'm, I'm happy to help people and guide them. Um, Another thing on my website is if you do need that one-on-one help, I do have senior living advisors on there. So if that's something that you're looking for, you don't know where to start, you're not sure if you need independent, skilled, or assisted living, then you can reach out to one of those um, senior living advisors on my website and contact them for um, one-on-one help, and they can help take you to the community, fill out the application, and help you with that decision. So you're full of options if you want to be independent and do that on your own with the research. Um, You do not have to sign up on my website to use it. And that's really important to know too. You can just go on there and start checking out things. Uh, I also have my own podcast, The Senior Living Show. So you can go on to the website and check that out and see some of the videos with Linda and I so you can see what (laughs) Linda looks like. Um, I interviewed her for um, the... um, the continuum care so you can check that out um and thanks for having me today linda oh i'm it's my pleasure believe me they got a lot more from you (laughs) than they actually got from me so that's okay um because you're the expert and that's why i love having people like you on that just knows so much more and then can just really point people in the right direction but Tanya and I love seniors and we love working with seniors and we both have this passion to help people find the information they need to help those that they know that they care for and so I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curve here you've been a recent caregiver for your mom Um, are there any tips that you would give our listening uh, listeners today about a tip being a caregiver I think patience is the most important thing. Um, Sometimes stepping out of ourselves and into that person's shoes to think, what would they want? How would they want to be treated? What kind of help would they want? And that really helped me when I put myself into my mom's shoes and um, just try to slow down a little bit and um, have the patience to go to the doctor's offices and, um, you know, just the, the journey of that. So... Um, Linda was a great tool for me whenever I was helping my mom and 
if you don't know how to do something, just ask somebody because that was my biggest thing is, uh, what should I do? Uh, where should I go? And so you are a great tool for me, Linda, just in pointing me in the right directions for um, options. Because when we know we have options, then our mind gets at ease. And um, that really helps everyone. Wonderful. And that's why I'm doing this podcast, Tanya, because you need information in small bites that you can manage and that will help send you on your way. So thanks for all you do for seniors. And thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And as always, join me again next week at Aging in Place Strategies and Answers. Thank you for joining me today. Please remember that this podcast is intended as guidance and not advice. Share this podcast with friends and family who are currently in crisis mode or with people who would like to start developing their own roadmap for aging in place. Listeners, if you would like a deeper dive into a topic discussed during a podcast, please subscribe to Aging in Place Strategies and Answers where you will be able to access premium content. Or if you would like to suggest a topic for this podcast, please contact me at lynda.agingstrategies at gmail.com. As always, I value the time you spend with me.